Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 18. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and I am and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Judges chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. 16 through 23. Then the Lord raised up judges, who delivered them out of the power of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen even to their judges, for they lusted after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their ancestors had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord. They did not follow their example. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord would be moved to pity by their groaning because of those who persecuted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they would relapse and behave worse than their ancestors, following other gods, worshiping them and bowing down to them. They would not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he said, Because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their ancestors and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died, in order to test Israel whether or not they would take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their ancestors did. The Lord had left those nations, not driving them out at once, and had not handed them over to Joshua. Acts chapter 13, verses 16 through 25. So Paul stood up and with a gesture began to speak. You Israelites and others who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our ancestors and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm he led them out of it. For about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. After he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance for about four hundred fifty years. After that he gave them judges until the time of the prophet Samuel. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for forty years. When he had removed him, he made David their king. 
In his testimony about him, he said, I have found David, son of Jesse, to be a man after my heart, who will carry out all my wishes. Of this man's posterity, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had already proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his work, he asked, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but one is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals, the sandals on his feet. Good morning and welcome to the first Friday after Epiphany. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Imesville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 139, Judges 2, and Acts 13. Um, And the the two narrative readings um, are, they both concern governing and government um, in Judges. Um, Just a quick overview, they go from being slaves in Egypt, they're released, um, they have the opportunity to go straight to the land, but they don't because they're afraid, so they spend 40 years in the desert. And after those 40 years, um, everyone has died but Joshua and Caleb, um, and their children are then led into the promised land with Joshua at the helm. They take the land, and they divvy it up, and then during that time is the time of the judges. Before they have a king, um, which they ask for, and, and this is the the history that Saul gives later. Um, the judges are kind of ad hoc, non-hereditary leaders, both military leaders, but also um, kind of like civil, you know, civil judges. They settle disputes. They um, they're kind of the uh, the adult in the room. They usually are, but not always. Some of them are shitty. Samson is a shitty judge. Um, uh, Gideon is much more military leader than like a civil magistrate kind of deciding cases. Deborah is a little bit of both. Um, so the judges are in place in this hopeful expectation, I suppose, that God has that they have the promised land. They have been given this the land. They've been their promise has been fulfilled. Abraham's descendants are many, but they just cannot. They can't seem to get it right. Um, they forget God. Um, they turn from his ways, etc., etc. Um, and so um, this this is where a lot of the violence comes from. Joshua, there's definitely some in Joshua. There's some in Exodus with Moses. Um, but a lot of times in Judges, there are these kind of random wars with random people, um, including amongst other Israelites, so the tribes sometimes go to battle and, and do stupid shit. Um, and the judges are this, are ideally, they're the ones who kind of mediate things within tribes and between tribes. Um, then in Acts 13, um, Paul is, Paul has just um, effectively converted a proconsul, uh, Sergius Paulus, there's just a couple of lines, but a proconsul or, or a governor of the whole province is a, a kind of a big deal, but they weren't like absentee landlords. Um, there's some incident with uh, a magician, and Paul basically like owns him, and then Sergius Paulus um, then believes 
and he, he's not baptized, but he believes, and he's one of the um, the people, the Gentiles that have been converted. And Acts thirteen, he in the in our section, he kind of gives this story again um, that I just gave. He goes he goes forward of that, you know, when uh, Saul is assigned and removed him, made David their king, et cetera, et cetera, and then he gets into Jesus. Um, and much of this is, I mean, there's no there's no history that isn't political. You know, what do communities do? For leadership, um, and there's you know the kind of progressive strand within Christianity is really um, critical of governments, and maybe not every progressive Christian is an anarchist, but it's it's very popular to like have this like anti-imperial America's empire kind of stance and be kind of standoffish, um, and maybe that's just because it's. You know, there's circles that I came through um, in my spiritual upbringing. Um, but that sentiment is is problematic, um, not the least of which because Israel had kings, Israel had judges, Israel had military leaders. Um, and it's kind of odd to develop this kind of anarchistic um, impulse in, you know, given what we know about Israel and uh up through the time, at least, of Jesus. Um, and I mention governance because uh, as I'm writing, I'm researching as well. And Joshua, the name Joshua, is not just the name of the military commander that um, led them in this campaign to retake or to take the Holy Land. Joshua is also the name of the first priest, the first high priest after they returned from Babylonian captivity. And Joshua and his friend, Nebuchadnezzar, um, uh, Zerubbabel, who was um, a righteous and popular person, who um, was not a king but was made proconsul or governor of the province that is that becomes Roman Judea, he's assigned as the governor by the Persian Empire that freed them from Babylonian captivity and sent them back to Jerusalem and even gave them supplies and money to rebuild the temple. Um, so Joshua, uh, which is Jesus' birth name, is both the military commander that got them the Holy Land, but also a religious figure who um, laid the foundation for rebuilding the temple, the second temple, which was standing when Jesus was born and was would fall um, just one generation after his death. Um, and so this, in, in Acts, in 13, um, the um the proconsul has has been converted or, or made to believe and a, a large portion of it ba- basically acts 20 onward is the story of Paul continuing to get into trouble by preaching like he does here in acts 13 it's positive they uh, his audience is receptive but very soon the religious elite um, begin to get upset and jealous and um, they begin plotting to kill Paul, just like he helped kill Christians, and just like the Sadducees and Sanhedrin plotted to kill Jesus. And it's the Roman soldiers and the administrative system, and soldiers adhering to that system and those norms, that actually keeps Paul alive until the time that he reaches Rome and, and Acts concludes. Um, and so governance 
administrative kind of bureaucratic, boring crap actually has a really important purpose. Um, the centurion at the foot of the cross, when he says, surely this man was innocent in Luke, um, that's significant because the centurions in some of these provinces were the face of Rome, and they settled disputes just as the judges did for Israel back in the day. Um, and so to have a judge stand at your feet and say, this man who has been executed was innocent is actually significant. Um, Jesus' trial was not just, and Pilate, for, especially for Luke, and to a lesser extent um, Matthew, Pilate is, I mean, he washes his hands, which is kind of ridiculous and a little over the top, um, but it displays Pilate as being, as upholding the law, as being just, as uh, keeping those norms and standards that Rome employed for governance, of keeping them intact, saying, look, the charges are no good, uh, but we have this, we have this um, tradition, I can release a captive, do you want me to release Jesus? And they say, no, and they kind of strong arm Pilate into doing something that's wrong. And so governance, um, uh, whether it's the judges or it's the Roman um, imperial system, you know, empire is, you know, it's not good, it's coercive, but it isn't, you know, there is a baby in the bathwater that we shouldn't throw out. Um, Joshua's battle buddy, Zerubbabel, was mentioned in both um, Matthew and Luke's version of Jesus's genealogy. Um, so Jesus is not only descended from King David, but also the first governor of the the area uh, that the Persians assigned, you know, call him a puppet king, or you can call it a client king. Um, the Persians were very good to Jews, and um, Jesus, Mar Matthew and Luke both make a point of pointing out that Jesus is descended from this governor, and he's descended from a king, and his name comes from a military commander and a uh, the first high priest after Babylonian captivity. Um, so there's a lot going on with Jesus, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes, behind the curtains, um, with governing a people, with leading a people. Um, and I think that we shouldn't look too harshly on it without um, understanding the wider context within which Jesus found himself and the Jews found themselves um, in the first century in Palestine. A Prayer for Sound Government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our Governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, 
You can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.